John was singing a song earlier and talking about bringing back all that which was lost or strayed away from God. And it just reminded me of a passage of Scripture in Ezekiel 34. The Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy against the shepherds, against the preachers of that day. And how many of you know God has not changed? He does not evolve. His truth is always the same. And even if we're not judged or punished immediately for something that was written in the Old Covenant that He hated, He still hates it today. Jesus has made provision for us for forgiveness and mercy and all the things that we are blessed with in the New Covenant. But God has never changed. He told Ezekiel, prophesy against the shepherds. Prophesy and say to them, and I want to tell you now, this is all hidden in type and shadow. And I I, I love typology, types and anti-types and all the wonderful things uh, hidden or concealed in the Old Testament and revealed in the New. This is in the Old Testament, so I'll reveal it to you as we go. He said, prophesy against the shepherds and say... Thus says the Lord, Woe to you shepherds who have been feeding yourselves. (coughs) Should not shepherds feed the sheep? In other words, these were, they were full of the knowledge of God and all the things of God, but they weren't doing anything to help others to come to know God. I don't want to ever be accused of that. You eat the fat, You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. Where does the power for a Christian in the new covenant come from? The Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The weak you have not strengthened, he said. The sick you have not healed. This is physical healing. Newsflash. It's the responsibility of the church to heal the sick. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say pray for the sick. He said heal the sick. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. This is is inner healing. Kairos. Against bitterness and unforgiveness and depression and all the things that torment people. There is deliverance with Christ. And we're supposed to be administering this. Those who have strayed, you have not brought back. The lost, you have not sought. That's evangelism. And listen to the, the product of this. And with harshness, you have ruled them. This is the law or legalism. Always judging, never empowering. So, they were scattered. Because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. For Satan and his demons. It starts here. But good news. You're in a place. Don't care what you see. You're in a place where you... 
can receive all this. This is my life's work. Not to teach you how to follow me or to be a part of the biggest church in town necessarily with all the organizations and and activities, but to learn to know God and to prosper in your relationship with Jesus Christ and to walk in power and victory in this life and to know eternal life with God, which does start now in this life, if you allow it. Galatians 2.20 Turn to Galatians 2.20 Father, we thank you for this day and for this opportunity to share in your word your manna from heaven the word of God alive and active help it to take root in our hearts to change us, to empower us with your help, Holy Spirit we give you center place in your church, Lord Jesus. Amen. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ who liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is one of those unique situations where the King James is essential for this passage of Scripture. I myself love to read the NIV because it's so easy to read. I, I preach usually out of the English Standard Version because it's very similar to the King James, only in, in English. <laughs> but one thing about those who penned the King James Version of the English Bible. When they came across something they didn't understand, they didn't try to make sense of it. They just translated it exactly as it was written in the Latin or the, uh, in the Greek or the, or the Hebrew. And that's important because sometimes you may not understand. So this is one of those situations. There's just a little preposition here that's essential. It's been changed in almost every other version. It's of. We'll get to it in a little while. But you know, I was just finishing up some finishing touches on a, a little book that I've written in last night and reflecting on many of the miracles of Jesus. Some of the ones we've gone over in recent times. I think last week or the week before we were talking about blind Bartimaeus. And how he was just a beggar and and there was nothing he could do about it. There was no healing for blindness back then. So he begged for money. That's what he could do. But the day he heard Jesus was coming up the road. And all the people were, were gathered around, great crowds. He, he didn't think about making more money begging that day. He could have because there were a lot more people. He was looking for the healer he had heard about. He was looking to come out of that condition of being a beggar to where he could see for himself and help others to do the same. To provide 
for himself and his family. He went from beggar to believer that day. By putting his trust in Jesus. His faith. There was a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. She had spent everything she had on doctors. No one could heal her. But she heard about Jesus. She too risked everything. Instead of just giving up and losing hope as they had probably told her. She decided to break the law and to go out into public where she wasn't even supposed to be. And do something else that was unheard of which was to touch him. She had faith to believe if she could just touch him she'd be healed and she did it. And sure enough she was healed. That particular time Jesus was on the way to, to heal a, a centurion or a, a, another man's daughter who was very sick. And they sent for him because they heard about him and the power that he had to heal. She died on his way, but he went anyway and he put out all those that didn't believe and, and he brought her back to life. He did so many things like this. Matter of fact, they're not all written down. John said if they were, the books of the world couldn't contain all the wonderful things Jesus did. Unfortunately, people tend to live without God as long as they can. We really can't anyway. He's providing the next breath that you breathe. But as long as they think they can live without God, they try to. And as long as they don't perceive a, an emergency or a need for some sort of a miracle, they think they're supposed to do it on their own. This is precisely why so many people are living short of their inheritance in Christ. God doesn't want people to have to experience tragedy before they enjoy His love and His power and His healing and His deliverance and His discipleship for them and for everyone in their life. Bartimaeus had no option until Jesus came along. He was a beggar. But once Jesus came, He did the wise thing. He put His faith in the healer. The world has this identity crisis of, of, of blindness. The world is blind and is lost and without hope. All those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are lost and blind and without hope and on their way to hell. I never can get over the number of people that, that want help and prayer for things in this, this life. And they don't know Jesus yet. It's like, are you saved? No. But you want me to pray about this other thing so it can be... Yeah. <laughs> you know eternity is a long, 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 long time. Hell is real and so is heaven. Why don't you fix that first and then it'll start to fix all the other things you're worried about in this life. Well, when people live this beggarly existence without the Lord, it, it makes them depend on worldly wisdom, which is wrong. It makes them depend on their own power, on their own strength, which is always going to come up short. It leads to sin every time. It leads to rage and anger and bitterness and hatred, depression and all the things the enemy would use to take you out. 
Don't ever think that he is your friend. Or that the world is your friend. Because he runs this world. It says so right here. For a time. Our protection in this world. Is salvation. In Jesus Christ. And dependence upon him. And a life of faith. That woman with the issue of blood. That man who needed healing for his daughter. Blind Bartimaeus. They put their faith in Jesus. This is good. I think it's good to put our faith in Jesus. And for Bartimaeus and and those others. He healed them. He restored them. Made them whole. While he was here on earth. That was the best thing available. Before Jesus. It wasn't. When he came. He was it. Okay. So what they did. They put their faith. In the healer. While he was here. What does this all mean? Well. Just. Just think of this. What if. Okay. We depend on so many. Electronic devices. These days. Right. And lights. Electricity. All these things. That are powered by electricity. What if we still had. All the things that we have. That we depend upon. That run on electricity. But. There was no source of electricity provided to us like we all have now. There was only one person who had power. And it was provided in a truck they drove around and and you never could get it until they came around and gave you a charge, okay? And it was only temporary. (laughs) That would be a very popular person. A very good person to know. And to call upon when they pass by, right? And so it was with Jesus. Before he came, there was no help like this. Blind Bartimaeus never had a chance to be healed of blindness because it wasn't available then. There was no deliverance from anything the devil had put upon people. That's why they don't talk about the devil in the Old Covenant. In types and shadows, maybe. A couple times. But there was no reason. Why? There was no deliverance. That's why they put people out of the camp. That's why they killed people to cut the cancer out of the community so it wouldn't spread because there was nothing they could do in and of themselves to save themselves from the devil. But then Jesus came. And so he was the source now. And so when they heard about him, wisely they would put their faith, this human faith, which is based on what we can see, in Jesus. That was a good thing. Well, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm going to read it again. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of, got to have the King James on this one, of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said he was living by the faith of, not faith in, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. If you have a different version besides the King James today, I urge you in that passage of Scripture, Galatians 2.20, where it says, 
Where yours says in faith in right of. Because it's not wrong for us to put faith in the Son of God. This human faith that we can conjure up based on what we can see. But Paul was saying here that he was living by the faith of Jesus Christ. He said the same thing a couple of times in just a few verses earlier. He was using the faith of Jesus. Where did he get it? The same place every born again believer receives it. He got it from the word of God. Doesn't it say in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? All these words, little containers of faith going in. Quickened by the Holy Spirit. And after we get faith from the word, it resides in the spirit of every born again believer. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And then Romans 12, 3 tells us that every believer has been given the measure of faith. The measure. There aren't different measurements, but just the one. It's like I'm serving you with the same serving ladle as you come by. I'm seeing military guys walking by going, ugh. (laughs) Same measure though. Everybody has the measure of faith if you have Christ. Since he said it was the measure of faith that he was living by, then it's the same measure for every believer. Many believers don't realize what they have. This is the problem. Because the faith is in their born again spirit where they can't discern it with their natural senses. It can only be perceived by spiritual means. Jesus said, my words are spirit. God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So with the helper, the paraclete who comes alongside and assists us and reminds us of everything that Jesus has said, this is where we find out what we have and who we are and shut shuck off this identity crisis that hinders and plagues the church and the world doesn't even know about because they're lost anyway. We have to trust in the revelation given by God's holy mirror, which is this word. And that what said uh, the half-brother of Jesus, James. And that was said in the first chapter of James one, uh, 25. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in all his doings. You see where I'm going today? Ezekiel 34, why I started there? Because I want you to see how God hates the shepherds who don't teach and preach the proper things and try to help you to grow in your relationship and to walk in power and victory. It doesn't matter how much I know and how much victory I walk in if I stand before God's people all my life and they never benefit from it. I'm not going to allow it. (laughs) You can't just continue to hear 
the word of God and never apply the truth. You have to take a step of faith. You have to step out in faith and try these things on for size because you're going to find out, hey, these really fit good. These were made for me. These promises of God, this word of God, this is based on who I really am and what I really have. God does love me. He does have my picture in his wallet. And the things he says are true. Well, how do you like that? I went all these years never really thinking it applied to me. I knew God could do anything. I just didn't think he would do it for me. Well, how silly I was for not stepping out in faith and giving it a shot. Wasn't he entitled to that after all? Amen. <laughs> There's not a lack of faith. Is my point. There's a lack of knowledge. You have the measure of faith. You have the measure of faith. And Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. For a lack of knowing me is what God is saying. Paul was preaching a death to self. But it's important to notice how this death took place. Paul was dead through what Jesus had already done. What Jesus had already accomplished. He simply reckoned himself dead based on what had happened to and through Jesus Christ. Romans 6.11 which says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There are people today who have, who have understood this part about dying to self. And they take it to an extreme. Instead of being free of self, they're totally self-centered though. You need to understand this. They constantly think of self because they're, they're thinking of dying to themselves. But what it's done is put their mind on themselves. And there's no power there. Even if you're thinking of yourself only in negative terms and you're trying to die to all the worldly ways, you're still self-centered if you're doing that. And this is the root of all kinds of grief. Really, humility, truly humble people are those who are Christ-centered, not self-centered. Whether it's good self-centered or bad self-centered. You think of yourself extremely better than you ought or worse than you ought. You're still self-centered, you see? And that's pride. Dying to self isn't hatred of self. We're supposed to love ourselves. Just as we love God and others. My wife was telling me the other day, we, 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 we're watching these things that are happening in the world. It's terrible all the way around and... And we were talking about, you know, everybody got an idea of how to fix everything. But she said to me, you know, it's like when you're on a plane and the oxygen mask drops down. They say you're supposed to fix yourself so that you're able to help the others. And that's right. We have to love ourselves. And loving ourselves means 
Being Christ-centered. Christ-centered. There are false religions that preach denial of self all over the world. And these legalistic Jews that Paul's preaching to here in Galatians, he was preaching against that. Because that's what they were all about. But Paul wasn't just dead to himself. He was alive to God. There's a difference. A focus on the denial of ourselves without the enthronement of Christ in our lives just leads to legalism. There's no power in that. Just the appearance of religiosity, you see? In John, well, I'll go back. The first, remember when when Moses went back to Egypt, the first miracle he performed there when he was trying to get them to let the Hebrew children go? They, they struck the Nile with the staff and it turned the water to blood. Remember? Jesus' first miracle, on the other hand, was at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. In the Gospel of John, the second chapter. And he turned water to wine. Moses turned water to blood, death, judgment. Jesus undid that. His first miracle, water to wine. Prosperity and joy. Symbolically. What am I talking about today? Lord taking me down a different road. It's okay. I like that. He's helping us. Are you with me? Yes. You see, Moses, when I say Moses, I'm talking about the law. You see? Grace and truth came through Jesus. What else? The first day at the Mount of Sinai Mount Sinai when the law was given remember what happened 3,000 people died how about the first day of the church when the Holy Spirit was given in Acts chapter 2 <laughs> they that gladly received his word Peter was preaching they were baptized and that same day they were added to their number 3,000 3,000 killed when the law was given. 3,000 born again when the church came to be. When the Holy Spirit came into the lives. Everything's different now. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Everything's different. Because Jesus died. Not just because He came. Not just because He died on the cross. But because He was buried and resurrected. And ascended as, and is enthroned now at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. All of those parts are important. Paul's old man was dead now through Christ. He was truly free to live. But 
It wasn't actually Paul who was living. He said it was Christ living through him. Paul had learned the secret of victorious Christian living. It's not us living for Jesus. It's Jesus living through us. If we don't get this truth, we'll struggle with legalism, with the performance-based mentality. The law focuses on our outer man and tells it what it must do. Grace focuses on the inner man and tells us what has already been accomplished through Christ. Those who are focused on what they have to do under the law are going to struggle all their lives. And they're never going to have the joy and the peace that Jesus has died to provide us with. If we're focused on what Jesus has done for us and allowing Him to live through us, then we're truly walking in the grace of God. Now, it's important to know that the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Because without the truth that comes through the Word of God, the grace of God will run astray. People will start calling everything the grace of God. But if Jesus didn't die to provide you with something through the atonement, then it's not grace. And truth alone, without the grace of God, will destroy you too. It will smash you to death. Grace and truth. Paul wasn't living by faith in the Son of God. He said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's different now because when Jesus was here, all they could do is put their faith in Him and and it was a good place to put it. But He's gone now from this world in His physical form. He could only be at one place at one time. His truck could only drive by and power you up once every once in a while. But now what He did, He put the generator inside of you. <laughs> he didn't leave you as orphans. He, he didn't leave you without power and lights. He, he, he said, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give everybody their own truck. I'm going, to, I'm going to put the power truck inside of everybody and you can tap into it anytime you want. All that you want for as long as you want. It's a better deal. That's why Jesus said, man, if y'all, if y'all understood, y'all be happy that I'm leaving is what He told the disciples because now the Holy Spirit can come. He can be with you all the time. But you got to believe it. <clears throat> Somebody told a story about a man who, who, who saved up money to get passage from, from Europe to the United States to start a new life many, many years ago. And, and he, he only had enough money to get here. Nothing else. He had, a, he had some crackers and some things like that that he put in his bag. And he just rationed those to himself and stayed in his room. The whole time they were spending these several weeks crossing the Atlantic Ocean. He would go out once in a while and sneak out to stretch his legs. And he could see through the window in there the elaborate, lavish meals that they were having every night. When it came time, he saw the 
Statue of Liberty there at Ellis Island through the window, and he was so glad, but so hungry, and had lost so much weight, and was thankful this that he made it. But then the one of the porters that would work on the ship, he he ran into him one day, and he said, "Man, how come you just haven't seen you anywhere?" He goes, "Well, I didn't have money for." the food and, and everything else just for the passage. And I'm thankful that I'm here now. And he goes, but don't you understand all of that was included with the price of your ticket. He never had to go without. It's the same with, the, with us today. Only these things are spiritual so we can't see them with our Naturalize. We have to learn to trust in God to, to get into His Word and learn about who we are and our inheritance in Him. It's not when we get to heaven. There too, thankfully. And if you live your life as a Christian loving the Lord and, and you end up in heaven one day never having walked in this victory, oh, good for you. And it's better than anything else because eternity is a long time. But you could do it now. The abundant life that Christ has died to provide us with is of an abundant life free from sin, for starters, so that you're free to serve God and love Him and love others and love yourself. But there's more. There's healing for your body. There's deliverance and freedom for your mind. There's peace. He gave us His peace. John 14, he said, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We can walk free from fear and, and worry. Why? Because we have God. What can man do to us? Romans 8, 10, and 11 says, if, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of man, a spirit of him, who, Jesus, who raised, uh, uh, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Your Holy Ghost powered now. Do you see it? Do you believe it? Because there are spiritual laws at play just like there are natural laws that we that govern things that we do know about like gravity. There are spiritual laws just like that natural law in place for our benefit. But if we're not aware of them and we don't apply them in our lives, then we will not benefit and take advantage of all that God has provided for us. Why? Because He's mean and He just, you know, I hear all the time, well, God knows I need these things. God knows that I'm, uh, what, what things are like. Why don't He just fix it? Why don't He just fix me? <coughs> well, He has. Provided for you. 
But we have a part to play. It's a relationship with God. We have to learn. He says, you, you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That's a promise. That's a promise worth uh, embarking upon uh, the endeavor to, to find someone. If, if I was ever going to look for someone <coughs> and God was an option, which he is, and he had given me the promise that I would find him if I sought him with my whole heart, then that's, that's all that would matter. And that's, you know, I've been down that road. And I found him. And really he found me, but he allowed me to find him then. And it's a good place to be. It's, it's, worth, it's worth the adventure. And it is an adventure. It's an awesome life. You really can't live without him anyway. You might as well take full benefit and get full access. It's not based on your goodness. It's based on Jesus. You need to put your faith in his goodness in his love for you and his finished work and all the things that you're trying to accomplish <coughs> and your attitudes and relationships and actions will come as a byproduct of the relationship that you embark upon with Christ. Praise God. <coughs> well, I got a quarter of the way through. But I think God has said what He wants to say today. Amen. He loves you. And He wants you to become true disciples of his word. Jesus told those disciples before he went to heaven, go into the world and preach the gospel and baptize, making disciples, not converts. He wasn't, I don't think the devil is worried about people going to church. <coughs> Matter of fact, I know he's not. Unless they go to a church where they're going to hear the truth like this. He's not worried about the 15-minute messages that are watered down and sure not to offend anyone. But when you can go to a place and hear the truth and learn to grow in your relationship with God and not depend on a, uh, a minister, which I'm always here for you, but I'm going to be helping you to, to grow in your relationship and learn how to talk to God on your own and to receive from God on your own and teach you how to pray for the sick and raise the dead. Amen? Then the devil don't like that. So if you have some problem with your tires, John, don't be moved. Just head this direction. God is your provider. He loves us and he wants us to know him and to walk in victory and power. Not only... See, until he can get us to put that oxygen mask on ourselves, how are we supposed to help the rest of the world who's sick and hurting and lost and bitter and angry? How are we supposed to help them? How is the world supposed to know that the Christian sitting there is the one with the right answer when everybody has an opinion? Oh, such a qualified opinion. All, <clears throat> most of the major universities 
in this country and in the world today are doing everything they can to undermine the authority of God in these kids' lives. The church is the only hope for mankind. And you are the church. You need to get up to speed so you can help others to get on the bus. Amen? God loves you and He loves everybody you see today. I don't care how they act. I don't care how wrong-minded they are. It's the devil that makes people act the way they do. Jesus died for every one of them. And but for the grace of God, there goes you. So when you want to get upset about somebody who acts ugly and is just so uninformed and so wrong, remember that without God, so so would you be bitter and wrong-minded. What they need is what you have. So I encourage you to help yourself today by allowing the Holy Spirit in you Jesus Christ in you to live through you so that you'll be helped and everyone you come into contact with will be too. Give them the opportunity to accept or reject the real Jesus. Not some religious hateful thing that they've thought about the church, but the real Jesus who is love and who has the power and victory and answers for everything that they are troubled with. Father, thank you so much. Come on, John. Father, thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. Thank you that you love us so much you'll tell us the truth because the truth is what will set us free. The known truth that we apply in our lives regarding you, Father, Regarding you, Christ Jesus. Regarding you, Holy Spirit. Father, give us a passionate desire for you and your word. And help us to be led and encouraged by your spirit. All the days of our life. In Jesus' name. Amen.